Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Zach Jackson covers the Browns, NFL writer for the Athletic NFL, (laughs) at Akron Jackson, if you want to follow him leading up to kickoff for Intel on social media. Zach, thanks for the time. Much appreciated. How are you? Hey, with a big game like this, how can I turn this down? Hey, this is the best of the best, right? Browns, Commanders, FedEx Field, Sunday, 1 o'clock. Where else would you rather spend the first day of 2023? So I saw the injury report is pretty light for the Browns. Does that mean that the guys that are hurt are hurt, hurt, or does that mean they're pretty healthy? No, they're pretty healthy. I mean, they're really healthy for this time of the year. They... They've had to change centers about four times, but the best one is back, Ethan Pochick, a guy who's been around the league for a while. Um, as they get ready to leave in 24 hours, the only guy in question is Jadavian Clowney, and he's coming out of the concussion protocol. And it's just a matter of tomorrow, does he get that final step or not? But, um, you know, I think that they will limit Miles Garrett and Nick Chubb a little bit because they're not playing for anything. And they're obviously concerned their left tackle, Jed Wills, has a back injury and going against that defensive line they're going to you know keep an eye on him but they're pretty healthy they've had a disaster at linebacker they've had to shuffle some other guys but health hasn't been the thing there's been drama everywhere and there's been change everywhere but the Browns have their whole offense here in week you know 17 and pretty close with the exception of this mess at linebacker they, they have pretty much the guys everywhere else that they've had all year you mentioned Clowney who's got just two sacks this season somehow has he had as bad a year as the numbers make it look well, he he got hurt in week three and wasn't really right. wasn't really a factor at all whether he was in the lineup early in the year or not. Um, he has played much better in the second half of the year, and so has the defense most games. I mean, the defense is probably the biggest reason the Browns have stunk this year, and it's been mad, maddeningly inconsistent, easy for me to say. But Clowney is still a really good player. Does he pick and choose his spots? Is he the dominant player he was once was? No, but... You know, when he and Garrett are locked in, they're still really good. Um, you know, the, the sack total, it, it obviously jumps out. It's not low, but they get him, you know, to do a lot of things. And if you get the best clowny, then he's still Rex games, and he's done it two or three times. But has he done it six or seven times this year? No, he hasn't. Zach Jackson covers the Browns for the Athletic. So why has the defense been so disappointing? Because at the beginning of the year, I think a lot of us assumed if Brissett could be okay – they would be in decent shape when Watson came back, and Brissett was okay, and it didn't really matter. Yeah, I mean, you know, last year they had nine guys, new guys on defense, um, and it took them a while, but they finished the year really strong, like top five, top seven. And this year they've done that a couple of times, but, you know, they, they had a historic meltdown. They lost to the Jets in week two, 
um, you know, despite lose, winning by two scores inside the two-minute warning. And then teams started figuring out that they could run the ball on the Browns, and it just started they, – they couldn't stop it. And it leaked to other parts of the defense, obviously, when you can't get off the field or you can't get your offense on the field. Um, and that's been a big deal. So, you know, I think obviously the plan on Sunday is going to be Brian Robinson, the big back. Browns have, have had trouble with that. You know, they, they've lost four linebackers the season-ending injuries, so they're playing guys who either weren't in the league or weren't on the team. Um, you know, they start Tony Fields, who's supposed to be just a special teams player. He starts at linebacker. So that's probably been the biggest reason. But, you know, they just – they've played like two – what's really crazy is they've played like two games that are just awful. They just really haven't connected. They haven't got the stop in the score, the pin them deep in the turnover. They've struggled to get off the field in the run defense. They've struggled to create those defensive big plays. And then whether it's missing a field goal or throwing a pick at the end, they just they just haven't connected. I mean, Watson's been awful, but he get they get a defensive holding call last week on the final drive, and he turns into the best quarterback you've ever seen, and guys drop touchdown passes at the end. So it's just been like they just can't get it connected. It's amazing. Yeah, I want to get to Watson in a second. How could we not? But on Nick Chubb, who's their best player, and the one guy I'd say you worry about if you're a Commanders fan on Sunday – they're going more away from the run. I get the sense, and by the way, I think this is smart if it's why they're doing it, that they're essentially prioritizing Watson's development or, or knocking the rust off or getting him going into the offseason where they want him to be over maybe just winning these football games, running with, with Chubb and Hunt. Is that fair, or, or is there more to it than that? No, you're giving them too much credit. I mean, are they big picture prioritizing Watson? Yes, but the running game has been figured out. It's still a good offensive line. It's not a dominant offensive line. Teams know it's coming. And, like, Watson's been so bad in the playbook, so limited early on, that that's made it even harder. Um, Chubb shows up with a foot injury, and listen, a lot of guys go on the injury report, and you follow the rules, you, you put them on. But when Nick Chubb misses even one play of practice, he's hurt, right? Kareem Hunt, who for a while was giving them this amazing running game that nobody else in the league had, especially behind that offensive line, he's become a non-factor. And so it's really been the struggles of the run game mixed with a quarterback transition that was always going to put you in a tough spot if you couldn't just run it right at people. You know, especially like with the numbers and all that, like you can do whatever gymnastics with that. It just hasn't been good enough. You know, Chubb has busted an 11-yarder, a 19-yarder, but not a 30. And he hasn't had a bunch of four and five strung together in a long time. And it's put him behind the chains. And then regardless of who's been quarterback, that's not the ideal situation. They had a couple of red zone turnovers, and they just haven't connected. But, I mean, if, if this game was in week three, I would say Nick Chubb is going to run wild and the Browns are going to win. Um, but I would be surprised if Chubb gets even to 15 carries into 75 yards on Sunday. Because you're saying that they're essentially – packing up shop with him and just keeping him ready for the offseason. Yeah, it's just not it's just not working. It's just yeah. for, for many reasons. Yeah, but they're, and it's certainly they're not going to say, okay, we have a chance to get this win and we're going to go to 30 carries. No. I mean, Nick Chubb is guaranteed to be their running back for at least one more year, and he's one of the top three running backs in the league, if not the best in the league. We don't need to have that discussion, but he's certainly in it, you know, regardless of, of when you have it. Uh, he's my number one. Zach Jackson covers the Browns. Uh, in Cleveland for the Athletic. I mean, if he's sub-15 attempts or sub-75 yards, it's hard for me to to write a winning script for the Browns then to to knock off a hungry Washington team. But that brings us to Watson. So 
I think we all expected Rust. I'm sure you guys and the Browns anticipated he'd look like a guy who didn't play for a year and a half. Has it been worse than that? Yes. Um, now, you still see it, right? To me, it hasn't been a whole lot different than what we saw back in the spring when we're allowed to see six or eight open practices, you know, than what we saw in the summer when for the first two and a half, three weeks of camp, he was the guy. You see the talent, but you see a guy that is in a brand-new offense, brand-new environment, and hasn't played. So the Houston game was egregiously bad. It didn't matter. The Texans gave it away. Two of them have been in bad weather. One of them really bad, maybe both, right? So you can excuse it away, and you have seen one or two, maybe three throws. But, you know, you just – all of these things come together. Are they excuses? Yes. Are they valid? Yes. So, you know, there's still the assumption would be this guy's super talented. This guy's going to flip the switch. They're going to – he's going to get comfortable, and he's going to give the Browns offense something they've never had. And, and, and I can totally go along with that. But right now, it's just a bad offense. It's a limited playbook. Um, it's trying to get everybody on the same page, play caller to quarterback, quarterback to offensive line, quarterback to receiver. And like I said, they they should have been up 14 nothing last week. Cooper slips because of the weather. And then they went totally stale for like two and a half quarters. But there was a phantom defensive holding call, and all of a sudden he threw the four best balls he's thrown all along, just only two of them got caught. And they end up losing. They get to the 15-yard line and they lose. So, um is their definite progress? Yes, but they haven't scored two touchdowns in a game when he's been the quarterback. So you can't just say, "Okay, it's fixed." But it, it's way too early, I would think, to, to worry about the trade in the contract. Or no? Well, I think if you wanted to worry, you know, from the start, yes, um, you, you can worry. Put it this way: Do I have like an ounce of thought that this is just really bad and he's never going to be great? Yes, but can I present to you six or seven reasons why you know he's going to find a stride and they're going to put good players around him and and he he does give them a chance? Yes, I, I think I think what's been most sobering to Browns fans and they're just exhausted by all of this in general, which I get, is that they made this trade saying, "Hey, we're ready. When this guy's in, we're ready." And the rest of the team is just not as good. I mean, you guys know mediocrity out there. Browns yes, fans do. don't. Browns fans know the bottom, right? And they know making the playoffs a couple of years ago and everybody thinking they've got it solved. And this is a mediocre team. This is a team that has two or three superstars. This is a team that, you know, does some things well. But this is not a deep team. This is not a team with a bunch of great young players. This is a team that can't get out of its own way. And it's not just one stretch, right? This is the second straight year of the Browns going backwards. Zach Jackson covers the Browns. So with all that said, I mean, the line is just one and a half points that Washington's laying here at home, which is a little less, frankly, than what you get anymore for being at home, probably two points or so. You're making it seem like you don't think the Browns are going to win. Am I hearing that right? Yeah, I don't. I don't don't think the operation is is good enough uh, unless Carson Wentz just melts down and turns it over three times. I mean, the Browns have only won the turnover battle in four games this year. They've won all four. And right, that's cheesy, that's cliche. But honestly, like that's the best way I can explain th- this whole season is they just, the times where they've put it all together or followed big offensive or defensive play with one on the other side have been so few. And this is not the best Nick Chubb. It's not the best offensive line. So we'll see. Um, and they shouldn't be able to stop Robinson if, if the commanders just stick to it. So, you know, I do think this will be the week Watson scores a second touchdown. I do think the Browns will be better offensively than they've been. 
the last couple of weeks. It'll be warm. Um, it's going to be like 58 yeah, degrees, I think. Yeah, but like, yeah, I mean, you know, unless Amari Cooper goes nuts, and he could. He's had a good year. He hasn't had a perfect year. He's had a good year. Um, then, you know, I my column is about to go up my this weekend. Browns is, I think I picked 1917 Washington. I was going to say, going into the off season, I was going to say, where are they picking? But, I mean, they, they don't pick in the first round forever at this point. The Texans pick 11th. So, Two more years. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's, right. they basically need Watson to be exceptional for this thing to get on track in the next couple of years. Yeah. Uh, they're probably going to fire the defensive coordinator. You know, they're going to hope like hell that Miles Garrett doesn't ask for a trade. Um, there's a lot that needs fixed. You know, they – it's, they've just been very average in talent acquisition. And, you know, all, they haven't drafted a Pro Bowler since Nick Chubb. And when you get Garrett and Ward and Chubb in back-to-back drafts, that's how you turn things around. But they've definitely stagnated. And they have guys that make money that are just okay. You know, they, they have invested into this offensive line, and it's been a big part of the turnaround. And it's I, I can't fault them for that. But it's not playing like a top-three offensive line. It's, you know... And maybe it will next year, but I just think that they, you know, it's not what they need it to be. And they play in the AFC North, and they're bad at defensive tackle and linebacker, and that's kind of faulty roster building. Yeah, you, you can't have that. I mean, they, they don't sack the quarterback at a high rate with Miles Garrett on their roster or pick off a lot of passes. So I've been saying all week, and I'll leave you on this one and get your thoughts on this, I kind of think for Carson Wentz, you can't ask for a better – Reindoctrination into the lineup here with a lot on the line for his career than to play this defense in a, a decent weather day in December. I, I like his chances to have a nice day. I mean, do you, what do you think? You should. I mean, Brian Robinson is bigger and faster than anybody the Browns are going to put at linebacker, right? So, like, if the commanders stay out of situations where Garrett comes and takes the ball away from Wentz without him looking, or that Wentz chucks it into double coverage down the field then, yeah, they'll, they'll have that chance. And is that simple? Is that cliche? Yes. But like I said the Browns were beating on people for a while because that run game was really good early and late in the games. Um, but, you know, they have to get a lead for it to be good late in the games. And they've struggled to make it good early. And it's just kind of shown up. Like I said, they, they drafted this kicker, and he's phenomenally talented, and he can make 70 yarders. But he goes out in the games, and he shanks them from 35. So it's, <laughs> that's just one of many things that's gone wrong. That's unreal. Well, Zach, it's great information, and uh, it helps set the table for Sunday. Thanks for hopping aboard. Thanks. Absolutely. Actually, uh, you can join him uh, and follow him on Twitter as you get closer to kickoff. Uh, he is at Akron Jackson, uh, Zach Jackson, who covers the Browns in Cleveland. We didn't mention Chase Young in that conversation, but based on his assessment of the offensive line, I think this is a really nice chance for a get-right opportunity for a D-line that's been great all year, but that hasn't quite been at its dominant level the last couple of weeks. You had a Deron Payne sack this past week. You had a couple of flash sequences for Sweat, who was held out of the box score altogether, zeros across the board. Had a couple of pressures of Brock Purdy that led to incompletions, or he ran into Deron Payne for that sack. Chase Young, I thought, showed up, you know, batted a pass and, and did a couple of good things against the run, setting the edge, pushing a tackle into the backfield, you know, keying a TFL for somebody else. But if the Browns, particularly on the right side, where, where I think you're going to see Chase lined up on the left a bunch, are as susceptible and liable to be attacked and, and 
banged up as it sounds like from our guests the last couple days to cover this team. We might get a chance to see Chase Young make some impact plays on Sunday. And I'll be honest with you, I don't know how you guys feel about this, and you can hit me up if you want on Twitter at Grant H. Pulse, and you can call me 800-636-1067 and give me a take, but I am raising my expectations for Chase Young now. I said all season, and I still to an extent feel this way, but I didn't expect almost anything from Chase early on when he returned. And I thought that was the most fair way to handle this. It was a really serious injury, as we know. He's coming back and just basically doing the busy work to get to the offseason so that then in the offseason he could build back up to being Chase Young again. But after this past weekend in San Fran, when he looked like Chase Young, if you just watched that game and you were putting on the film and you picked four random games from last year and that game, you just kind of threw them into a blender, I promise you, you wouldn't have been able to tell the difference. That one versus last year. He looked like the same guy for the most part. As evidenced by him playing 30 snaps. And it's why, and we've talked about this ad nauseum, we don't need to go back into it, but I have been saying on this show, for anyone that would listen for weeks and weeks and weeks, the team has been expecting and hoping and essentially asking and pleading for him to play, and he was waiting until he kind of mentally felt like he was able to go be the best version of himself. Well, all that patience and him waiting paid off in a way. It'd be nice, based on what we saw, to have seen him the two, three, four games before that, maybe, because he could have helped, probably. But it didn't look like a guy coming back from a serious injury who shouldn't be on the field at all. And so, with a good matchup, in terms of who he's going head-to-head against and what that offensive line on that side of the formation has done over the last couple weeks in protection... It's not crazy to say that Chase might be able to get you some critical pressures, a sack, a batted pass that turns into a pick. Think about that. It it really doesn't take a lot. It takes one play, and that's a hero start at his position. If he's on the field after a 30-snap game where we were told it should be around 10, because it was pretty obvious, he gets out there, he feels fine, he takes on contact, he goes to the ground and gets up, Now he's confident in that leg. He doesn't want to come off the field. So let's say he plays 40 snaps, 44 snaps, something like that this week. No James Smith-Williams. So they might ask him to do a whole lot. James Smith-Williams was ruled out today. It takes one big play. A sack on a third down. That batted pass he had being picked off rather than falling to the ground when it went 10 feet up in the air. And we're talking all week about the Chase Young game, so to speak. You know, this, the play he made against San Fran last year, or I guess it was a couple years ago now, the, the playoff year in 20, his rookie year. But he scoops the ball up and returns it for a touchdown, vultured it like with the talons like Sean Taylor, scoop and score. It just takes one out of the 40-plus snaps. You, you can be rough. You can be rusty. You can not be yourself a whole lot. You make one play, and everyone's going to be banging the drums and hitting the cymbals, congratulating you on the performance. And, and I think he's... Healthy enough, fresh enough, capable of making a play or two like that. I'd be curious to see what you guys think. Are you elevating the expectations for him at all? Again, you can hit me on Twitter or on the phones, 800-636-1067. We'll get to those thoughts from you on Chase Young. Plus, I want to rank the likeliness of help for the commanders. 
They are looking for losses from Detroit. They play Chicago. Green Bay hosting Minnesota. Seattle hosting the Jets. All three at home. I will rank those three outcomes that they need in order of likeliness as we continue next. Grant and Danny without Danny on the fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.